Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. Well, hello and welcome to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who have made interesting career changes. Today, I'm delighted to have a very special person on the show, Donna Reigate. Now, Donna is the chief executive of local government New South Wales, which is the peak industry association representing the interests of all 152 New South Wales General Purpose Councils, associate members, and the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. Donna previously held senior roles in policy, communications, governance, and operations in the New South Wales public sector. Prior to local government New South Wales, Donna was the chief executive of the New South Wales Office of Communities, the umbrella organisation for functions including sport and recreation, venues New South Wales, the Sydney Olympic Park Authority, Penrith Lakes, Youth Veterans Affairs, Volunteering, the Commission for Children and Young People and the Children's Guardian and Aboriginal Affairs. At the New South Wales Department of Planning and Infrastructure, Donna headed corporate governance and policy. And prior to that, she was the Deputy Director General Strategy, Communication and Governance at the New South Wales Department of Community Services. Her broad experience has also included roles in central agencies, transport, conservation and environment protection. On a personal note, Donna also runs a farming and grazing property in central western New South Wales. So let's welcome Donna to the show and good morning Donna. Good morning Jane. It's my pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much agreeing to be interviewed and I'm looking forward to finding all about your career journey. So how about to kick us off you tell us a little bit about your early days. Well, as you've summarised there, Jane, I've spent a fair bit of time in the New South Wales public sector. I grew up in the country and in my first degree, I did economics with honours in government and public administration, I guess because I'd always had an interest in public service, I suppose, and achieving results for the broader community. And I was very fortunate, I guess, to obtain a role in what was called the Cabinet Office in those days. It's now 
Premier and Cabinet in New South Wales in the graduate intake. So I, I was really lucky, I think, that my uni translated straight into the sort of thing that I wanted to do. Mm. And so it seems like you had this career path carved out from you for you from a very early time. Yes and no. I guess in the sense that I've always been interested in things that are about achieving those outcomes rather than necessarily being driven by profit motives and those kinds of things. Mm. But equally, I would still say that I don't necessarily know what I want to do when I grow up. I've never really had a particular plan for my career or particular roles that I was wanting to get from 10 years out or any of that sort of thing. It's been a lot more organic than that. Mm. Actually, with all of the different departments and the leadership roles that you've had over the many years in the public sector, what comes through very strongly for me is your strong desire to really achieve results and make a difference within the community. So would you say it was really a values-based decision to get into the public sector for you so that you could make a difference? I think that's absolutely right. I've always believed that we should be looking after each other rather than necessarily just looking after ourselves. And I guess that's been instilled in me from a very young age by my family who had that kind of outlook on life as Mm. well. So that's something that I guess driven my career choices. I suppose I should also admit to being fascinated by politics and decision making and how decisions are made and why one decision is made rather than another and how things get done in a sense that that's also probably part of why I chose the career path that I did. Because if you understand how things get done, then you've got half a chance of influencing what gets done and getting the right things done for the broadest group of people. Mm. It's such a varied role or so many different roles that you've held. And just going through your bio, so many responsibilities. You must have felt at many times pulled in many, many different directions. How have you managed to balance your time so that you get it all done? I'm not sure that I'm terribly good at balancing my time. (laughs) I guess you have to cut your suit according to your cloth and make sure that everything that needs to get done does get done. I think it's really important to have great people around you. The most important thing really, particularly the higher up the ladder you go, is about having fantastic people that are part of your team so that collectively you can achieve the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. I think as a manager and a leader, my main role really is in getting the right people around me. And if all of them are fabulous at what they do and and individually better at each part of the puzzle than I am, that's terrific because that means that the whole is far greater than the sum of the parts. The other thing I would say is that I've got this really weird personal policy about making sure that I do everything in my in-tray every day. (laughs) I can't leave while there are things in my in-tray and I do occasionally go a bit spare because of that. But getting everything done so that you, particularly when you're the last signatory on something at, at the sort of top of the chain, so that you're not the break on something going out or equally so that you don't hold up something getting into the business for people to attend to it is really important to me and... I think that that has really helped in balancing all of the, well, probably balancing, not managing all of the competing demands, having that personal discipline to make sure that you do everything you can in a day. 
really helps. Yeah, I think that's such a good habit to have is to clear your in-tray every day because with all the multiple responsibilities that you have and everybody wanting to have a little piece of you and your opinion and your guidance, if you let things slide, then there must be just so much on a day-to-day basis that is coming at you as well. There's enormous risk if you actually don't know what's on the table Mm. in a day. So part of clearing your in-tray and your inbox in actually knowing what balls are in play as well, which is very, very important. Mm. You know, you've had such an interesting path because you've worked at so many different areas within Mm. the public sector. For someone who's contemplating getting into the public sector, what advice would you give them to get a foot in the door? I think the first thing is doing some long, hard thinking about what it is that motivates you to be in the public sector. And if you have a sense of why you want to be there, then that will help you in working out which particular doors you want to knock on and and get your foot in. The other thing I would say, for me, a lot of it was about once you get that initial opportunity, making the most of every single thing you did and every step on the ladder. So for the first six months of my work in the New South Wales public sector, I wrote letters back to people protesting about the southeast forests and all those kinds of things, which were, were really big issues in the late 80s on behalf of the Premier. And I did a lot of photocopying. And I decided that if I was going to do these things, which were fairly sort of manual and roach tasks, that I would make sure that I was absolutely the best at each of the things that I could possibly be with a view to hopefully somebody noticing and giving me responsibility for something a little bit more challenging. And that paid off and tried to apply that all the way along the line that everything that you do, try and do it to the best of your ability. And I guess, I mean, that wasn't just something that came up in my working life. That was... I guess a philosophy instilled in me as a child as well. Mm, It sounds like you have a great deal of resourcefulness and thinking out of the box in order to be able to reach the right people. You have to be creative, Jane. This is a terrible quote from The Sound of Music, but what do they say if one door closes, another one opens or something like that? It's such a true quote. It's absolutely true. And if you can't achieve the result in the obvious way, then think about the less obvious ways. There's got to be some way around something. I used to believe that if you tried hard enough, anything was possible. I think the older I've gotten, that I'm perhaps a little less naive, but there's still a strong streak of that in my approach. If, if, if you really think that something needs to happen, then there's got to be a way to make it happen. Mm, I agree with you 100% because if you're not resourceful, you can't make things happen for yourself. But a lot of people don't really have the confidence to be able to do it. And so I have a dreadful quote myself, which I actually like very much. It's just believe in yourself and create the magic that you hope for. Oh, dear Um, God, that is... That is very colourful. I'm a colourful one, Donna, you know me. I do know that, yes. (laughs) But the thing is, is that you've got to have that self-belief and resourcefulness. So within the public sector now, because there's so many different areas that people could explore, what would you say are the key qualities required for success? I think the public sector has 
changed, certainly in the period that I've been involved with it. Back in the day, you could get a job in a particular area, you know, whether it was health or education or something of that sort, and spend your whole career there developing technical expertise and a set of broader skills, but applying them to just that one policy or outcome area. Nowadays, the approach is much more diverse and the public sector is looking for people who have that basic set of capabilities that are keys to success, no matter what type of policy or outcome area you're applying them to. And I think that's terrific. If you look at my career, I've worked in so many different areas and now in local government, which I guess is almost the forgotten part of the public sector, but very much driven by the same things in my view. And it is really important to have a core set of capabilities that you can apply to any problem or any particular goal that you want to achieve, whether that's analytical abilities, whether that's about abilities to work with others and lead others, whatever it might be. So I would encourage people to go broad rather than see themselves as a particular subject matter specialist. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, we need those people as well, but the trend is certainly in the other direction. Yeah, I think I've noticed with so many changes in the corporate sector as well as the public sector as well, the quality of being adaptable and flexible to changing yep. circumstances yep. is important, isn't it? It most definitely is. And the other thing I would add for any of your listeners who happen to be women is about being prepared to have a go. Um I have seen in my career a number of times that some interesting challenge will come up or opportunity. It'll be offered to a bloke and he'll say, oh, yeah, I'll give that a try. If you offer it to a woman, she'll go, I haven't actually done that before. Oh, I'm not sure, etc." Really, back yourself, have a crack. What's the worst that can happen? Mm, I like that attitude. I 100% subscribe to it because you never know where you'll get to if you give something a go as well. And you're absolutely right. What is the worst thing that could happen? It might not work. And then you'll try something different. I'm not quite sure why there is such a stark difference between the attitude of men and women on that very question, but there is. Mm. And we need to change it. Yeah. But I think over time now, because there are a lot of women's groups and women's support group, I think we've realised that we really do need to support each other as well. And these groups have sprung up and it's a bit like an accountability group where we empower each other and encourage each other, which I think is a wonderful thing. In the old days, it was more like the boys club and they had their network while the girls have their network as well. And if we can combine the two and be really open and willing to listen to both parties, then certainly there'll be a lot of sharing and growth that's a benefit. As yeah, well. and look, I'm not suggesting that any particular part of the workforce should get things other than on merit. Mm. I'm a really firm believer in merit. But one of the things that blokes do is challenge each other mm. <laughs> and sort of push each other on to higher and higher achievement. And women can do that too. Yeah, I think we need to start a movement, Donna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's challenge things because, you know, if things have been happening in one certain way and you can see a better way to do it, then why not challenge and give it a go? Because that's how improvement happens and innovation and certainly in the corporate sector as well, that being agile and being innovative is very much a buzzword. Absolutely. Uh, is that filtering into also the public sector, have you found? Look, I think that that's been in the public sector for a long, long time. A lot of it is driven by financial constraints as budgets get tighter and tighter 
And every year, every government comes out with a budget that basically says they're going to sack X number of public servants. What that actually means for the people who remain is that they have to be much more creative about how they achieve the result because they don't have the sheer person power to throw at it like they may have in the past. And that's been an issue for 20 years at least. You know, currently in your career so far, you've had roles in policy, communications, governance, operations, and they've been so varied. How have you found the transition from one area to another? What were the challenges that you experienced there? Look, there were there were plenty of challenges getting your head around a whole different area of work and a whole sort of approach to things is always a challenge, but I've really enjoyed that. I don't like doing the same old, same old year on year. I like to do things where there's quite a bit of variety. So for me, the opportunities that have popped up to move into different areas of work have been things that I've been really keen to grab with both hands because I think if you stop learning in a job, that now's the time to pack your box and go and do something else. And The other thing I would say is that if you've got a good set of core capabilities around analysis and communication and all those kinds of things, then you can apply those in all sorts of different areas of work. The final thing I would say on that is that as my career has gone on, I have become even more aware than I was at the outset about how important it is to me to be working in something where you're are achieving direct results for the broader community. And if there is any kind of common thread in those things, it has actually been about getting closer and closer to that coalface. Yes, with all of the experience that you've had over the years, it must have been such an interesting career path that you've had. And so now, as Chief Executive of Local Government New South Wales, what next for Donna Rygate? Well, I don't really know, Jane. As I said before, I've never really quite known what I wanted to do when I grew up in any specific terms. I think that I'm having a great time in local government. It's a really critical time for our sector and there is such opportunity to make local government even better than it already is. There's also an enormous opportunity to try and broaden the understanding of all of the different things that local government does in order to build the places where community exists and, in fact, that sense of community. We are very, very much the glue that binds communities together. And so I think that there's plenty to be done in local government. And beyond that, I don't know where things might take me. I think that one day I'll retire to the farm, but how far away that is, we'll have to wait and see. Mm, Well, it sounds like you're doing some wonderful, wonderful work all across New South Wales in the capacity of your current role. And achieving results and positive results for the community is obviously something that really, really drives you. And so when you have a little bit of downtime, Donna, and you're on the farm, tell me what your favourite thing is there. I like doing things where you can see an instant result, strangely enough. A lot of my work is stuff where you do months and months of influencing and persuasion and analysis and negotiation to achieve a result. So when I've got some free time, I like to fix a fence or or build something or whatever so that you can actually see something, the result of your labours there and then, and I find that really rewarding. 
Mm, I think just being out on a farm is wonderful, you know, being on the land as such. And I'm glad that you've got a place to go where you get some downtime away from all the multiple demands that you have. And Donna, I Me know, too. <laughs> and I know what a busy woman you are today. So I really thank you so much for giving me a little bit of your time. It's My pleasure. It's really interesting to find out more about getting into the public sector and what you're doing and your hopes and dreams and everything that you're managing to pull together for the community. So it's been a great pleasure to talk to you and thank you so much. And I hope that in the future we can have you back again and you can tell us a little bit more about all of your achievements too. Well, thank you very much, Jane. Okay, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, Donna. Okay, bye-bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.